Welcome to the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I am your host, Tracy Bloom, and this is Books, Kids, and Creations, a show that features people who inspire and uplift future generations with their work. I am here today with Mary Whitehill and also Jennifer Jackson, both of which are in California. Welcome to the show. Hi. Um, you both are phenomenal people. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Mary Whitehill is the founder and executive director of the award-winning nonprofit Mary's List that helps support families that are resettling to the United States as refugees. And also Jennifer Jackson is an author. She has a, a wonderful career that she began in theater, which is exciting for so many reasons. Um, and they just put out this beautiful book called Our World is a Family. It's so timely, especially with everything going on in the world. Um, I, I really wanna know all about this book, but before we jump into it, um, Mary, I would like to talk about how you got started with Mary's List because I believe just from watching some of your, you know, your TED Talks and things, this began as just a random act of kindness, right? And it evolved into something else. Um, that's such a good question. And like so many great things in life, this was definitely not planned. Um, I, um, in 2016, at the time I was taking a break from my job in advertising, I was on maternity leave with uh, a newborn and a toddler at home. And, um, I was introduced to a family who had just, um, moved to Los Angeles about three weeks prior as refugees from Syria. A friend of mine had met them through her church and she thought to introduce us because our babies were just about the same age. And I, um, you know, originally went to their home just to drop off a couple of things for the baby. And once I was there, I could just kind of look around the room and see that there was a whole lot of things that, you know, I felt were really important things that were missing, um, things that I certainly wouldn't be able to function in my home with my kids without, um, you know, things like towels, things like a mattress in the cribs, in, in the baby's crib. And, you know, these, uh, this, you know, meeting with this one family and then be getting, you know, the incredible opportunity to meet them in their home is ultimately what led me down the amazing uh, road of, you know, learning what life is like for folks who are coming to the United States as refugees. And, um, you know, here we are six, six or so years later, um, Mary's List is a full-fledged nonprofit organization. We actually enrolled our 850th family in the program this week. That's amazing. So we've been able to touch uh, the lives of, um, you know, not only the, you know, it's now thousands of people who have participated in our, in our one-year support program for, for new arrivals, but also hundreds of thousands of American people who have jumped in to help those families in really important ways. So that's where the seeds of this book um, come from. And, you know, through this work, I got to meet Jennifer, which is, you know, one of the best parts for me and, you know, all of the other incredible, wonderful, wonderful people who have come into my life. Um, and here we are busier than ever. And, uh, I'm so glad to get to talk to you today. Yeah. Well, and it's really incredible. Like you're saying that how you get to open so many doors and meet so many people through your work. And so I thought, huh, I wonder how she met Jennifer. Is there a story there of how you guys met? We actually met through a parenting group 
And I heard right away, people were saying, oh, we're adding Miri to this parenting group. She does the most amazing work. And I, I read about it. And then I started doing what I could do to give gifts or volunteer. And um, I approached her just from my experience as a writer. I thought there has to be a way to turn this incredible mission into a book for children so that we can engage the littlest kids in conversation and action about this. And so I just took a bold move and I was like, hey, <laughs> have you ever thought about a book? And we started talking and Mary has the most amazing ideas for how to communicate these um, ideas and this mission. And so we just went back and forth, ended up creating the book together, revising. It took a long process of then getting an agent who could put the book out into the world. We found an amazing editor and publisher who really understands how important this message is. So that's how we got together and the book came to be. Yeah, and I love, I was gonna ask about, you know, the illustrations that are in here are so magical. I mean, they're just so powerful and, but you have various languages in here. You have examples of how families might feel when they come here, what children can do to welcome them. And it's everything in here is so well written and the illustrations are so great. How did you find your illustrator? Was that through the publisher? Yeah, the, um, the editor and the publisher matched us with uh, the incredible illustrator, Nomar Perez. And um, the publisher source books, they, we were just so lucky that they found him. And the, for me, one of the things that really stands out about these images is just how well beautiful they are. Yeah, there's no more. Um, but how joyful they are. Mm -hmm. And even when there's a sadness in, in, um, in the moments, it feels very connected. It doesn't feel like something that kids couldn't connect to and empathize with. And, and so I thought he did just a beautiful job of, of creating those moments. And actually the inside, this is sort of a hidden surprise. The inside of the jacket is the languages from the book. I did not even see that. That so, is Yeah, brilliant. there's a poster. People yeah. can put it up like a poster. Yeah. Oh, that's genius. That's really neat. Um, yeah. and. The process for putting this together, how long about did it take you from, you know, because it, it really, as I was reading it, I thought this book is a sheer embodiment of Mary's List, just in book form, but in a way that everyone at basically any age can grasp and be inspired by. So how long about did this take you to, to create I, I think it was about three years between the time that Jennifer and I started having actual conversations about what the words would be and what the book might be um, until the time it came into the world. It just came out March 8th, 2022. So we're <laughs> about three weeks in and it's definitely been a, you know, very, for me, this is a first time experience this is my first book. Um, and I, I feel like I'm learning every single day. Um, and I think that um, there was a lot of phases in the development of the book. So, you know, the first while was Jennifer and I getting together and working through words and um, 
you know, there is a format to a picture book that, you know, we kind of have to fit everything into, which is a limited number of words and a certain cadence and flow. And, you know, once we felt that that was really solid, you know, we went on the next phase of turning it into a manuscript, um, which includes a lot more than just the words of the book. Jennifer brought her expertise to the, to this part. And then you know, for me, it was about putting those words into the world and talking about this with kids as much as possible. Cause obviously I'd been, you know, all the while that I'm working with new arrival families, I'm a single parent. And so like my kids are with me a lot of the time when we're going to meet families. And so I had the opportunity to talk through this with my kids a whole lot, but then wanting to have these conversations with a whole lot more kids. So we actually, um, created an after-school club. Um, it was at my son's elementary school. It was for kids in pre- preschool to third grade. Um, and it was sessions that, you know, we, we read the book and then we talked about the issue and then we would do activities together. And so I got to spend about an hour a week with kids um, really listening to what their questions were, what their interests were, what their favorite parts were. Um, and that was kind of the reassurance process for me, that knowing that like, okay, the thing that we came up with, this is resonating with kids in a way that they can understand. And also they're taking home these empowering feelings of, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this into practice versus, you know, potentially worrying kids about what, you know, other, other people around the world are experiencing or even the uncertainty of their own safety. So there's a lot of moving parts here. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been a journey and, yeah. And now the journey of the book has just begun. And totally. I, I mean, as I was reading this, I started thinking, oh my gosh, they're going to be able to impact so many children at so many schools because I, I can't remember if I read it on your website, probably on your website, but it talked about how oftentimes um, when children come over to, from different countries, those children, you know, they go to school and the kids are the first people that they really interact with as, as kids. And so something like this helps educate and break down the barriers for everyone in the room. And so those children that come over receive such a welcome. And I thought, oh, that's so special and so wonderful. So I can only imagine how many author visits you guys are going to do and school school visits and all kinds of things. Do you have any kind of like book tours or anything scheduled for it yet? We've done a lot of um, appearances and talks already, and then we have some planned. And one of the things that I think classrooms can do or individual families can do is actually go to our websites and request. Well, first, if it's an individual, you can just download these beautiful printed pages for um, writing welcome letters, which is one of the activities that Mary's List um, engages in. And classrooms can actually request a whole kit from the publisher, which includes a book, letter writing activity, other activities beyond that. And sometimes what we can do then is also if the classroom wants it, we can do a zoom into classrooms all over the country and, and sort of read the book, answer questions. And the kids have the most amazing questions. They're so ready for this work. Yeah. And that, I love that you guys are doing so much work with kids and kids are so honest too. Like when you were going through your, you know, pre publication phase, I do that too. With some of my work, I'll have beta reader kids 
and they are honest and they will tell you, no, I didn't like this or yes, I did. And um, kids do genuinely seem so excited about, um, you know, interacting with new people, doing new things, bringing joy to others. And so um, I'm excited for this book and I'm also excited about all the work that you're doing um, in the world. And especially, you know, with the crisis in Ukraine, I'm sure that people are looking for ways to help. And Mary's List has, um, you know, you do a, a supper, providing supper and meal plans. You do a whole wide array of things. So um, if people want to help with this, are there certain things that you recommend that they they might be able to do? Absolutely. I mean, and that is, that's the point. That's what we want. We, you know, we want people to read this book, have these conversations with their family, and then put it into practice. And we have been doing this work, which is welcoming families who are resettling in the United States as refugees since 2016. And during that time, we have been able to listen and learn from families who are coming here and telling us what the hardest parts are. And by the way, it's not all hardest parts. A lot of it is joyful feelings and our families are happy to be here and they're excited for their future and the adventure that they are on, but it is so hard. And, you know, for the last year for us particularly has been crisis after crisis responding to families, mostly families from Afghanistan who have had to leave in a rush, oftentimes without suitcases, oftentimes without the chance to even say goodbye to their friends and family because they had to leave with very little notice. And, you know, we are hoping that this book will bring more people into this work because, you know, what you can do when you go to marieslist.org is you can send a housewarming gift directly to a family. And that's the list part of the Mary's list. We, you know, one of the things that we do, because we're partnering with families for 12 full months, which includes an array of programming, some of which is in person, some of which is virtual, some of which is about stuff, some of which is about relationships, learning, but a great place to just begin because you're fired up about the book and you're excited about the, about the mission and you want to just sit with your kid and do a thing, go to our website, click, see the list. It's the first link when you get there and you can browse our family's wish list, and you can send a housewarming gift directly to a family. You can write a gift message. You can let them know that you're here for them. And the person who receives that, it doesn't come to us. It doesn't, it's not a donation to Mary's list. This is a gift. You are sending family to family, friend to friend. I promise you the value of that gift is not the thing inside the box. It is the feeling that the recipient gets when they know that they are welcome here and they are wanted here. We are able to counteract messages that are heard in the media about the way that American people feel about immigrants and refugees mm -hmm. just through these simple and direct acts of kindness. Writing welcome letters is something that is accessible to anyone, even if you don't know how to write a kid, three years old can draw a picture and send it to us. And we can make sure that that gets to an actual person who will feel the love from that. Um, you know, the last thing I just want to mention on this is that the families who are coming to the United States with, you know, coming with the permission of the U S government, by the way, because the federal government oversees all refugee admissions in the United States, it's the state department. And so the idea of an illegal refugee, it doesn't exist in the U.S. And so 
the families that are coming here, they have gone through very difficult journeys. Often they have left communities that were very close-knit, where they had aunts, uncles, cousins, friends, living in multi-generational households. They, they miss their families every single day. And when we can show up to be with someone in this very difficult time, we are not there to in any way replace something that was lost. But to just be with someone in their time of need, it has transformative impact. And, and you know, to be perfectly honest, this is an opportunity for us. You know, here we are, we have the opportunity to welcome people who have been through heartache and loss. That's, you know, yeah. what else should we be doing that rather than this? Yeah. It's such a beautiful message all around. And to your point, there's, there's nothing better than just showing support for somebody, whether it's through a letter or even just um, a smile or welcoming someone or bringing them a blanket or, you know, anything. Um, it's just that, that human touch, that human support, it's empathy. Mm-hmm. And it's so wonderful all that you're doing. Um, and I personally know that I'm going to be going into Mary's list and signing up to donate some things, um, just because I want to be a part of it. And I don't see how anyone else wouldn't want to be a part of it because we're all human, you know, <laughs> like we all deserve this, this love and support. And I couldn't imagine going through that, you know, having to leave a family or a home or, you know, especially in a time of crisis or all of the unknowns. And so just having that support, whether it's from a stranger or, or anonymous, um, it just would mean the world. And so I'm so happy that you are doing what you're doing. And, um, And I also think it's super cool that schools can sign up to send letters and there's these, you know, the kits that they can either download or request from the publisher. Um, I'm just very excited about this book. And um, are there any future plans for um, second book to follow or anything like that? Or is that too early? It's a little early because this one just came out, but um, but we are definitely interested. We have ideas for for more of this kind of creativity and work and connection to audiences um, for this age group. And I think to be determined, <laughs> but for sure, we have ideas um, for stories beyond this, definitely. Yeah. And I always ask my guests um, if you have advice for future generations um, that are listening or that are interested in the work that you've done or where you've come from, um, what advice do you have for future generations? And um, I guess I'll start with Jennifer. Okay. I would say I'll come from the writing perspective because, um, or the drawing perspective, if someone likes to draw more than write we need your voice. We need, and if you're, think about pictures as being your voice too. We need people's perspectives. We need all of the kids who want to tell stories to tell them in any way that it is that they want to, whether it's a book or a play or dance or anything like that. It's so important that kids feel empowered to speak up for who they are, what they are, what they want out of the world, the changes they want to see. And um, I really hope that 
let's say a child sees this and they're inspired to draw and they, they see these images and they think, I wanna draw my family and they do that, or I wanna tell my story and, and they keep writing and keep creating. That's wonderful. Yeah, and I also like that in this book, you show so many types of families too. And it just reminds you that, you know, there's so many different types of families and, and every family is different. And we all, we all just in, share that common place of needing love and needing support and feeling welcome. So that was wonderful advice. And Mary, what advice do you have for any future generations um, based on the work that you've done? Yeah, I, I think that one of the most important things that people can know, you know, whether it's, you know, you're just kind of getting involved in this work and, and learning about what the experiences of these families are, um, or it's something that you've been involved in for a long time and you know a great deal about, I think it's really important to remember that just because somebody in the world has had a very difficult journey, a journey that's different from yours, and maybe their struggles are harder. That doesn't mean that you don't get to have a hard time too. And, you know, I think it's really interesting, you know, like sometimes, you know, I go out and I talk with my friends or, or volunteers or donors and, you know, they'll say something like, oh, I'm having such a hard day, but you know what? Like I have it so good, you know, compared to the families, like, how do I even like I should, I need to just get out of my own head because like, I should be fine. My struggles aren't that hard, mm. but you know, if you use that logic, then nobody on the whole planet ever gets a chance to have a hard day because there is always someone who has it harder than you. And so like, I guess the challenge is, you know, when you're feeling when that, if that comes up, that feeling of, oh, I shouldn't feel this way because I don't have enough struggle to feel this pain. I think remind yourself that that pain that you're going through, that is the bridge. That is where empathy lives. That's where compassion lives. That's where we can connect with people who have different life experiences from us. So, you know, I think it's interesting. Sometimes I'll talk to, you know, I'm on the rapid response team at Mary's List. I get to call families and talk to them, you know, welcome them to the country, talk to them, how many pillows do you need? How many blankets do you need? You know, and it's pretty common that somebody will say to me on one of those phone calls, um, oh, but, you know, me and my family, you know, we're having a hard time, but we don't have it as bad as, hmm. you know, other families in your program have it. Huh. So, you know, that feeling of I shouldn't feel this way because other people have it worse. That is a human feeling. All of us struggle with that in some way. So that would be my advice, you know, give yourself the room to be where you're at. You get to have as many hard days as you need to have. And then, you know, what, what you do next is, you know, that's, that's where you get to be like, be your best self. You get to use that, that feeling as the bridge towards another person. That's such great advice for, for everybody, for children and adults that you are perfectly fine with experiencing feelings and don't try to compare your feelings to someone else's, you know, because we're all on different paths and we're all in different parts of our journey. And I think even as writers, sometimes, you know, I'm sure Jennifer, you can, you can attest to comparing your work or your journey as an author to someone else's success or where someone else is. And it's, 
you know, it's all different. It's all um, a life process and a learning experience and we're all here together. And so, you know, that's just such good advice to, you know, just acknowledge your feelings and you have a right to have them and feel them and, and everyone deserves a chance to have those feelings and have them be heard and honored. So great advice. Yes. Um, and for those of uh, those listeners who want to learn more about Mary's list, we will post a link to your website. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who would like to purchase this amazing book, our world is a family. Um, there will be a link somewhere here, here, <laughs> and we will, we will uh, post that. Yeah. Right below. And thank you so much for being here. It's been an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us.